Do you wonder if people prefer the digital you or the real you more? Have you ever been concerned that all those creepy men sliding into your DMs only care about your hot looks instead of actually getting to know you? Are you constantly anxious that your digital persona is not on brand with your personality? Do you feel like every other person is just trying to become an influencer? Are you scared that the future of your dating life will be limited to solely digital communication? Have you felt uncertain if you've lost certain in-person social skills due to this quarantine? I know I feel like that. I oh, I have too. <laughs> it's creating a, no, a new social media account sort of like a birth to a new digital persona. Has TikTok shortened your attention span so much that you're realizing at age 20 years old, you can't even read through an entire article? In one sitting? No. Well, <laughs> if you've clicked on this, your attention span must still be intact because you're clearly able to engage with long-form content. Yeah, That's we're good. really happy about that for you guys. Um, hi, everyone. Welcome back to Highly Inspired. I'm Ella. And I'm Jordan. This week, we're really excited to host two friends of ours as our guests as they share their own personal perspectives about the current state of our digital world. Just a little FYI, friends. This was our first remote recording with all this new technology. So I will say my part um, when I was calling in is not the best quality, so bear with us. But good news is we fixed that, we got it all sorted out, and our episode next week will be all good to go with good quality. Yes. For our guests, they offered some unique insights on social media trends, realities within our post-pandemic society, which I know we've touched on before, and the disparity between the virtual and physical world, which is definitely important. We hope you guys enjoy, and thanks for potting with us. It's really good to have you guys back today. Today we actually have two guests that we're really excited to introduce, Tyler and Marissa. Jordan and I actually went to high school with them, which is crazy, and I knew Tyler since we were two, so there's a lot of history there. We're all senior going into our senior year of college, and we're going to be kind of diving into this topic about the digital world versus your in-person persona. Tyler and Marissa, do you want to introduce yourself and say hi to everyone? <laughs> Their <Hi>. debut. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Hi, I'm Marissa. Happy to be on Highly Inspired. I, I mean, obviously I know it because I've said it so much over the past few months but it's so weird hearing you say we're all going to be seniors like it's still not so yeah it's, it's surreal i think it's because we never said bye to junior year because it sort of ended like when they were just like oh i'm done with online classes so the fact that i'm fully a senior in college hasn't sunk it i completely agree we didn't get that oh i'm leaving for the summer bye like there were no goodbyes yeah. to any of those friends i mean i'm totally. sure you guys have seen some people but yeah i can there was no closure not proper closure at no least closure. dude i I feel like me and Mar or Marissa and I's year is even like weirder because we were both abroad and going from, I don't know, I just feel like my life has been all over the place and I haven't even seen any of my friends since December, which is even Yeah, like, that's nuts. Know, crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Marissa, I didn't know you were abroad. Where, where were you abroad? I was in Barcelona. How fun. Yeah, it was awesome. But yeah, that part was really weird. Like you, I expected to be like, okay, I'm a senior, like after I go abroad and I go through all that stuff, but it was just like, okay, whew, going. <laughs> go yeah. home. You're really lucky that you were able to come home oh because God, there were yeah. some people that actually got stuck for a little bit or I don't, maybe they still are. I'm not sure, but yeah, the day I left Spain, it closed down and like weren't letting people out. So it was crazy. Mm-hmm. 
Well, before we get too far into things, I guess probably one of the biggest questions that everyone is asking each other is, how are you doing with the pandemic? (laughs) Oh, you know what? I heard on a podcast, (laughs) fitting, that this term that's like pandemic fine, which is so solid because like we're all pandemic fine. I mean, I don't want to speak for you guys, but you know, yeah, financially, you know, we're doing okay. Thank God. Our health is doing okay. Thank God. But like, I'm still kind of shitty. (laughs) (laughs) Mentally is a different story. It still sucks. Yeah. But I mean, all things considered, like nothing to stress about, you know? Mm -hmm. That's a good point where we have privilege to be able to kind of be at home and not stress about work or whatever. We have that luxury. But yeah, I think it's definitely been like still a huge change just from like a lifestyle standpoint. Oh, absolutely. It's just like every, you have to keep reminding yourself, like you keep thinking the future and you can't really get obsessed about the future anymore. And, you know, excited about all these plans because you might just end up sad later if something doesn't go the way it was supposed to go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's such a big adjustment. I, I, I heard this thing that was like, time doesn't exist right now. Like the pandemic has taken away our sense of time. And that's like how you that's the one constant thing in life that you can always rely on. And I just keep thinking about that and having to like readjust my mindset and something that Jordan and I kind of talked about in our last last episode. I don't know if you guys um, listened to it or not yet, but just kind of like accepting this post pandemic world yeah. and shifting your mindset on the opportunities that are now available now that, you know, things are more digital and there's more, ability to move around and you know some some of the best companies have come out of economic downturns or whatever do you guys have any thoughts about how your plans for the future might shift given the current state of everything I mean I wanted to stay in New York and now I'm like well is New York going to be New York anymore you know what I mean yeah just a completely different yeah. story yeah yeah so that's I mean that's just like an immediate one but also I mean sorry I did listen to your last podcast and the thing that I didn't realize that was super interesting was how you brought up how like Uber was we work one of them too like these companies that started because of 2008 financial mm-hmm. crisis like that's super Airbnb Airbnb um, Slack so yeah. many yeah that's super fascinating and hopefully uplifting. I mean, I don't know. I I hate to like see all these people dying and be like, but maybe some new companies, but like, I don't know. Well, everything's a double-edged sword. I mean, you got to lose some to gain some. It's it's all about your perspective on it. I think that we all had moments of, oh my gosh, this is hard. It's a total change. We all had those days where you felt just horrible and just stayed in your room, your bed, whatever. But I think that after five, six months now, at the end of the summer, like nearing when we're supposed to be going back to school, if you're still kind of in that, I guess, funk and not trying or actively trying to get into a better mindset, I don't know. I think that people should tr- be trying to like actively mm-hmm. a- attend to that. Yeah. Oh, Marissa, what about you? How have you been doing? I'm doing thoughts? pretty good. I think the one frustrating part too is just like, the uncertainty of all of it. Like, as I was mentioning before, like, it's just, you know, I'm such a planner. So that part of your life, like you just have to accept the fact that like, you might not be able to plan when your next trip is going to be and when the next time you're going to do something really cool with your friends is going to be and stuff like that. So it's just an adjustment. Definitely. I think that the stage of being like, everything's horrible. The world is absolutely awful like just has to end eventually because you can't live like that and you definitely can't be productive like that no. it just doesn't work <laughs> yeah productivity for sure yeah. i mean there, if you aren't creating that motivation with, in, within yourself i mean there's nothing that's gonna 
no one else is going to give that to you. Yeah. 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 And I think what Jordan mentioned, like as unique opportunities, like seeing that one thing that I was, you know, really thinking about was I wanted to be in San Francisco next year. And if I get a job there, it might be remote, which could actually be a really cool opportunity to like go live other places and just work remotely. That's what my sister's doing. Like she's going to go live in Seattle for three weeks and then she's going to go to the Midwest just like to go see places she hasn't seen because she's given the opportunity to not have to pay rent somewhere because she doesn't need to be somewhere. Wow. That'd be super cool. If you were to live in SF, where would you be right in the part of it i have probably i'm not totally sure um uh, maybe like the hate ashbury district okay I really like that area so. no that's sick you awesome. never know dude yeah. having if you can get a salary in, in one of these cities but then be able to live somewhere cheaper because it's remote i feel like that is the move or just like having the flexibility to like your sister be able to go explore mm-hmm. yeah areas. she's not paying rent so like that's one huge part of it you know all these 20 something kids now have a ton of more money than they used to because they don't have to live in the expensive city that they got the expensive high-end job from you know Mm -hmm, what i mean so mm -hmm. they can go spend their money elsewhere which is pretty cool actually no i I, yeah i totally agree that's awesome cool well um we will definitely always for the next however long try to link kind of these episodes with pandemic just because it's so relevant it's like the only thing anyone's talking about but for today, we definitely wanted to bring some more techie questions into the mix. And obviously, we always love to talk about social media to an extent because it's just such a minefield of controversies and discussions and, I guess, predictions for the future. And it's just, a, I don't even know where to start with it. Mm-hmm. But we pulled some really good questions here. Um, the first one that I have for you guys is, since we now have this really specific distinction between your digital persona and your in life real person persona, which as of right now, since no one is socializing in person, pretty much only anyone is existing or socializing via the digital, um, I guess, virtual communication realm. So how would you describe the difference between your digital persona and your physical persona? You want to start with that one? Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, Very first general. Off, first off, I love the topic. Social media is really interesting. And I honestly love talking about it. It's my major, so I'm super into it. I would say that there's definitely a huge difference between like me just posting something on my story and being all like cute about it and whatnot. Like I feel like my digital persona, if I'm just speaking specifically for like, let's say Instagram would be like a very rounded off, like less vulgar, less annoying version of myself that you would want to project. And then anyone that would know me actually would know that, you know what I mean? Like I don't normally talk like that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so much of social media can never really be authentic anyways. So it's hard to put authenticity into it. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Especially with, I guess, I mean, maybe some people not wanting to bring politics into the mix, not wanting to cuss or not wanting to show this or that photo because it's not... I guess, appropriate and that type of thing. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I also think Tyler and I are bringing up before you say anything, just there's something to be said as well. Like the difference between like your persona from app versus app. My Twitter feed is like so liberal, so hilarious, so awesome. And like, it's not that my Instagram isn't like that. It's just very different. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I mean, for you specifically, just because uh, Marissa's Instagram is one of my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> Marissa specifically. Explain. <laughs> um, oh, I just love the kick thought of it. Who doesn't? <laughs> but I also love her. But what I was going to say is like, also, just like your tone is different from how I, the person I know on that Instagram, you know what I mean? Which Absolutely. is what you were saying. I feel like that's something that's like the difference with me is try really hard to come off that like I'm not taking myself seriously because I don't in real life. Whereas a ton of people post on social media trying so hard to, to take themselves seriously. You know what I mean? Like on mm-hmm, Instagram specifically, mm-hmm. like there's no irony or sarcasm or like self-deprecation to it. And you're able to control that. I mean, since the whole digital persona thing is you're able to create that version of yourself and put it out there, you can kind of pick and choose, which I mean, maybe it's hard once you've kind of already chosen a route and then you you build that reputation. You feel like you can't change it. No, go for it. Super valid because I've like thought about before, not even I think my digital personality, but also does my personality or maybe it's just how I think others view me. Wow. I didn't mean for this to become therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going. But no, no, no. But like, I feel like sometimes where it's like certain people post, if I were to ever post like a picture on a boat holding a fish and I was like, great data. You guys be like, what the fuck is Tyler doing? <laughs> if I had like a date or a girlfriend or something and I posted something like, love this girl, people would be like, that's a really stupid caption. You know what I mean? I would have to post something <laughs> like... That is a pretty stupid <laughs> caption. <laughs> you know what I mean? But other people get away with it. Like yeah. I would have to think about posting something like, thanks for putting up with my stupid ass or something. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Don't get me started with couple captions. We'll be here forever. <laughs> I have lots to say. I'm sure you have quite the inventory to I mean, it's just stop calling him your soulmate. (laughs) Yeah, the pressure of that. It's just, it's like, can't wait for her forever. It's like you guys have been dating for six months. That's a lot of pressure. And we're juniors in college. The the whole dating online. Okay, you have to, like, if a guy finally posts with you, then you're Instagram official. That means this. Or, like, what I've been seeing a lot is people getting engaged super young and it becoming this clout thing. Yeah, no, Ella, this is a great time to get into that. And the, I guess, dating through social media and that type of thing. Honestly, the whole dating app stuff because of the pandemic is also being affected too. I don't know if you guys have put any thought into that, but... You know what thought just came into my head? I don't know if this is stupid or smart, but I feel like the equivalent to like Instagram official might be you've told your parents you're seeing someone because mm. other, because that means if you're posting it somewhere, it's going to get back to your parents. And that would just suck if your parents were like, it's on Instagram. So I, I see those steps as somewhat equivalent. I mean, depending on your relationship with your parents, I guess, I don't know. I'd probably do them around the same time. Yeah. I think it's also like another weird thing with Instagram and boyfriends and exes is like, okay, when, when do you delete a photo of an ex? You keep it up because, you know, like still friends and like you don't want them to like stalk you later and then be weirded out about, about it. But if you get into a new relationship, like is it weird that you still have your ex's photos? Or, Why Marissa? I just like, really do have the best thoughts. Has Marissa dated a lot of people or something? I nine or 12 boys. She dated a few people. Just a few. I Never at the same time. <laughs> Um, <laughs> good. Congrats. Uh, <laughs> you made it. No, absolutely. I think that there's just, I think it's really funny when like a girl dates a guy for a really, really long time and then immediately deletes everything. Cause like, we know he was there. <laughs> I only would keep a photo up with my ex 
as long as I looked really good. Cause what's embarrassing about as sure. long as you look fire, whatever. <laughs> I feel like what's weird is keeping, like I was saying before the creepy captions, like don't creep, yes. don't keep the creepy captions. Totally. If you're broken yeah. up and like, we still see on Instagram that years ago that you were like my forever or something. Like, but it's like, if you delete the caption, I feel like right. that's if you, just delete the weird. caption, You're like, Oh, we see that you dated this person in your past and your Instagram tells a story and we see this chapter in your life. And thank you for being open and not trying to have a revisionist history. Yeah, I mean, but also I feel like with that specifically, there's no right or wrong way to do it. You know, there's no like Mm -hmm. social norm as to like keeping or deleting or deleting the caption. No, Ella, I'm glad that you brought this up because honestly, if you think about it, this might be like the one terrain on social media or Instagram specifically where it kind of does vary a little bit. Totally. Because there are a lot of things that like there's a line, a fine line of like you're doing this wrong or you're doing that wrong. But with that, it's so... I can get, I can see how it would be confusing, like trying to figure out how you want to go about it. Like, yeah, oh, I look really good in this photo. I don't want to delete it. Or, oh, he looks really good in this photo. Like, I don't know. I want to like show off that that was my ex or like something like that. <laughs> Girls can have weird thoughts or weird motives as or, to why they wouldn't. Or you get a new boy really quickly so that your ex can get jealous. I've never heard of anyone doing that. <laughs> <laughs> This might be taking us down like another lane of traffic, but something that that made me think of is how you do something like that. You post a picture with one specific person in mind because I do that thing. But then I just (laughs) remembered that all however many hundred of my Twitter followers are seeing that. You know what I mean? I feel like that's such a social media mentality that's so easy to forget is that everything you do. Oh, yeah, totally. Or like subtweets and shit. Remember when that was a thing? I was so perplexed by what the word subtweet even meant in the beginning when that first came to fruition. I was like, what the hell? Why is it called subtweet? Which I think that was definitely when we were in high school. That was like when everything blew up. But I don't know. I don't really see that as much anymore. No, for sure not. And honestly, thank God. (laughs) Yeah, it's for the better. Yeah, the fact that we were 16, (laughs) not everyone needs to be sharing their thoughts, you know what I mean? And I'm saying that it's like, maybe I'm one of the people that need to be sharing my thoughts, but it's like, if you're a boring person or not funny person, don't tweet because everyone else is yeah. tweeting. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Don't be like winning at the grocery store. Like, shut up. You know? Find your platform and stick to it. Maybe LinkedIn would be better for you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Truly, yeah. Genuinely. No, I think everyone has like, okay, my personality fits with this better and you can't like, especially on Twitter, if you're trying super hard to be funny, like yeah. people see through that in a second. I I think with comedy in general, have you guys, I mean, obviously you're probably close with people that are like just genuinely funny. There's people that aren't. And like, I don't have a ton of those people in my life, but I feel like that can be in real life too. Like when you're trying to be funny and like people see that in like a second or you're either funny or you're not. Like, I feel like that's just a characteristic that you can have. I'm probably the funniest person I've ever met. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. No, she's really funny. I'm really I respect that. She's confident. And that's like you were talking about Instagram, like whatnot. Like, I don't think if I don't know when you would be able to rope up all the creepy men that follow me on Instagram. But if you did and you gave him a survey, like, do you think this girl's funny? Like, they probably would say no. Wrong. Do you find that frustrating, Marissa? Like, do you find that frustrating that Instagram only gives people a certain window into who you are, which it's one aspect of who you are, but they, these guys, like, they don't even understand that you are a woman with a brain and a sense of humor and all these other, like, aspects. Is that frustrating? Or do you I not mean, really care? I don't really care. I think that if I wanted to 
go back and brand myself a different way. I definitely could have, but that's just not what happened. I don't know, in a way, like I feel like I'm on social media so much and I do post a lot, but like I obviously I don't influence just and I don't promote that much stuff. So like my social media is very just like not informative onto who I am, which I actually like because I feel like that makes people that know you feel like your connection with them is yours. And it's not, nothing bothers me more than when you're like having a really fun time with someone like genuinely, and they just have to post every part of it or like talk about it a million times and like spend time on their phone. Cause they're like trying to get the perfect caption to post about it. And you're like, what if you just had fun the old fashioned way? There are, you can totally tell those people that bring their phone out at every opportunity to like post on their story of every single thing or actively try to think about a plan or think about some sort of trip or whatever just to like the Instagram. Get- is it really interesting how you like are aware of the fact that your personalities are separate? Whereas I feel like I'm trying so hard for my Instagram self to be some sort of reflection of myself where it's just like, oh, or I could sacrifice it and be like, oh, no one is going to be able to get to know who I am through these however many photos and 13 words that have captioned them. Mm-hmm. So why don't I just give up, choose something that isn't as stressful as explaining the complicated layers of myself or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's stupid. that's yeah, why I like sure. Instagram because it really is just a marketing tool, whether you're marketing yourself, your personality, your friends, your lifestyle, your sorority, your whatever, you're marketing it. And that's why I want to go into it because if you don't take it so literally, and you don't think that the person that you're stalking, like you can actually tell who they are, then you realize that it's all actually just personas and like, it's a marketing tactic. Okay. You know what I mean? Totally. And what's so interesting about that, because I took a class on branding software year and it ended with the concept of like branding yourself. And it's how, is how, okay, Marissa has obvious Instagram brand. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who are like, I don't put effort into my social media, like don't really care about it, but that, no, no, no. Even if they don't, that's a brand. You know what I mean? Like the people who like of like their shoe in the mud or like picking their nose or some shit, that's your brand. You are obviously- (laughs) You follow. (laughs) No, but it is in a way because whatever anyone else is seeing of that, that's what sticks in their heads. And that's what like correlates to your reputation or their image of you. You still have to actively think through, okay, I'm going to post something weird or something just that I like, who thinks to take a picture of their shoe in the mud? What's interesting with social media and our digital personas is that we have such a high reach of people at the touch of our fingertips, even more than our parents. The fact that I can post something into the world and 2,000 people will see it is actually crazy to me. I don't know. Have you guys ever thought about that and that you could at one point like if you ever had a business or if you ever wanted to like shift your social media from personal to like project oriented have you mm-hmm. ever thought about that like just how much reach you have as an individual yes but it also goes back to the whole thing about me not taking myself seriously and being afraid of it so that i'm kind of nervous mm-hmm. about but this, that's just a me thing that's kind of i'm kind of nervous about this sarcastic you know it's just tyler guy all of a sudden one day you open your instagram and it's like Hello, everybody. <laughs> Take me seriously now. <laughs> yeah, like I've started a project and I would love if you would, you know what I mean, follow me on this journey or some shit, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I know Ella and I were like just drinking, talking about that the other night when I was talking about being on her podcast and whatnot. I don't know. I think it's really important to remember, like you said, like our parents never were able to just send something out to 5,000 people and be like, hey, this is my product, by the way. That's actually a lot of power, whether you deserve it or not and whether it I wonder how it influenced our memory of people. 
And high, I mean, like, oh, I think it's done a lot. We, you know, we got on social media, like towards the end of middle school, beginning of high school. But it's like, I wonder, you know, if I've got however many followers and whatever percentage of them is people from high school. Like, I wonder if I still follow these people from high school. And I'm just, you crossed my mind so much more than you ever would have in a world without social media. Really weird to think about. Our parents probably, I mean, they're older than us, but they probably remember 20 people from when they were 16. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and they, and they try to get back onto social media, like on Facebook, but it's so much yeah. harder though, to find those people after so many years. Yeah. And after I don't, maybe not all of them are on it. So yeah, right. they have like a, such yeah, a small, you have to remember range. how to spell their last name, remember <laughs> their first name. Like that's what, it doesn't even find them on the internet. Whereas we like, as you're meeting people, you're constantly adding them to your social media. I, yeah. I was talking to my dad the other day. He's like, how many people do you think you like, regularly know and talk to i was like i feel like at least 30 people if you add up all your group chats your high school group chat all of your college group chats right. if you have an abroad group chat like mm-hmm. your side best friend your family like there's a lot of people that you even talk to on a regular basis this, this may sound know. conceited for pretty much anyone who's a millennial or gen z but i actually think that we have we may have a larger mental capacity to keep up with all of these social cues because if you think about it when our parents were this age all they were really having to care about was, I guess, their social interactions when they were physically in person. Right. But we not only have to maintain that, but we also have to constantly keep up with all these like digital social cues that people like actually focus on as well, which is like a whole new terrain that we've just kind of grown up with. So it's second nature. But like, if you think about it, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people are so easy, like older people um, are so easy to be like, oh, all you do is like sit on your phone and rot your brain away, which is probably completely true. But at the same time, do know, you know what you're doing on your phone and with apps and with social media, like, and that's why our generation is going to go and kill it with businesses that need social media and that still haven't jumped on the train or maybe they Mm -hmm. did and Mm -hmm. the person that was running it was older and had no idea what they're doing and it wasn't great you know i've worked in three different now three different social media jobs and i've had both of those experiences Mm -hmm. and like we will do well in that sense because this is the new way the market this is the new this is the new world you either get on board or you don't but yeah I, i totally get it companies need to get on board yeah nobody knows and loves you like big data does mm-hmm Ooh, and it's so all in the it's all that's in the really ether dark. too. It's nothing like tangible. Oh, I don't no. even understand and that. No one knows you the way that they do. Mm-hmm. They listen to you. They see what you like. Ugh. No, it's <laughs> like where is it Think going? How Private much browsing. money we would we uh, imagine how much better society would be if these companies had to pay us for our data. Like the, the fact that we are just we're basically like we're basically knowledge slaves to them. Like our the habits are. Like we are the product and like all of our habits are, they own it a hundred percent and we get no benefits of it, which is. This is really dark. (laughs) This is so dark. I mean, yeah, it's like you download an app and you agree to the terms and conditions and the cookies and whatnot. Like you, you know, you're the product they're selling, they're trying to get your information. It's not, you know, and that's why they do the user experience and that's why they make apps like TikTok so cool. And so like, you feel like it just knows you and whatnot. It's, it's taking your data, which is fine. I really don't care. Like I, you know, my FBI agent and I are close. <laughs> You've got a lawyer on hand on speed dial. I truly You got someone. So you got someone. Don't really care if they watch me. But, you know. Yeah, like, what are your guys' thoughts on TikTok? Like, do you have it? Do you use it? Do I wish I didn't it? think it was so funny, but it is. Okay, the thing about TikTok that I hate 
is I know there's a lot of really funny TikToks out there and I've seen a bunch of them and they're really funny, but I hate the like how much of TikTok is just like people talking over something or like people doing these challenges that require like no brain function whatsoever. Like I no hate talent. Yeah. no talent. Yeah, I hate how this generation is like getting so fulfilled by content that is so brainless and mindless. Cause I think Twitter, even though it's 140 characters, which doesn't require a lot of, you know, of your brain, like it's still, you know, is, it's more smart. of a, it's more substance. I think yes. I completely agree on TikTok. Charlie D'Amelio, for example, three months, zero to 50 million followers. And she, okay, she is a great dancer. Exactly, she yeah, is beautiful. I yeah. agree with that. But if you hear her talk, there's not much really going on. I'm sorry Jordan's to say that. Beef with Charlie. Charlie's, <laughs> Charlie's come out. Guys, the this podcast. podcast is canceled. She is listening to this right now. Jordan does want to fight. <laughs> All Jason of her. And Charlie, get over here now. And, and, and their fans are Ravaged. committed. Yeah. They're gonna come after us. But no, I think that I think that what they're doing, they seem like nice girls. It's not like they're putting out anything bad. But come on, it shouldn't be that easy for right. people with not that much talent to have this much power. Like if, okay, so Addison Ray, she's starting a podcast with her mom and Spotify just, Spotify just gave this massive deal to them. Okay, she's one of like the youngest creators that are super powerful right now that is hopping on the podcast train, which is gonna be helpful because hopefully they'll she'll be able to help encourage like younger kids to maybe engage more with like the long form content as opposed to just watching these TikToks over and over again. Because okay, I think it's fine to go and look at it for a little bit a day or a couple minutes of TikTok, but these kids are only on it and they're doing it too and it's just like they're getting sucked in. And so I don't know. I just think it's really crazy how just anyone under the sun could just wake up and have 70 million followers and instantly have all of these million dollar deals at their fingertips. These kids are so invincible. Have you seen the latest thing with them having these massive parties in the middle of the pandemic and just Oh, they all have all mansions in yeah, LA, like just, these squads. Yeah, that that is also a really like, good point. It's like the new fraternity and sorority. But no, like the whole like <laughs> hype house like how they're like you know, producing this lifestyle where it's like, you know, if you make it, you can also live with us and record 15 minutes of video for a day. And I mean, I don't want to dismiss them and say that they don't work because maybe they do. And, you know, there's a lot of responsibility in being a content creator celebrity type thing. Mm -hmm. But also they are just being like, yeah, so basically don't stop TikToking and you'll make 100 million followers and you'll move to LA and live in a house with your best friends and we will party and dick around all the time and it is going to be your life. And all of these 12 year olds are like, yeah, that's going to be my life. Well, for us, that's kind of what YouTube was for us. Everyone, totally. like the dream job was, oh my gosh, I want to be David Dobrik or I want right. to be a YouTuber. And now for these younger generations, it's TikTok. Yeah. Or maybe it's YouTube still. I'm not sure. But I, both. I, I also think there's something we said about how quick the videos are. Like it's like 30 seconds. And sometimes I won't even listen to the whole 30 seconds. And I feel like it like as an ADHD person, it trains your brain to even be more ADHD. Like I can't even read a goddamn article anymore and I'm going to be 22, but I can watch a bunch of TikToks because <laughs> yeah. it trains your brain over and over again to only laugh or respond or like pay attention when it's, you know, it's going to be short. No, the and attention spans have just been cut in 
seven eighths. Like the, right. they're not there and anymore. And I'm like, I take Ritalin. It's not even working. Like I think, well, so say in the olden days when you had to go to the theater to watch a movie and you had to buy a ticket ahead of time, you had to get all the way there and you were so excited. You watch it and then after that you talk about it forever. Think of think about TikTok like that where it's just – there's so much content consumption that it's not even resonating in like long-term memory. It's just like going over our heads. Honestly, maybe we're turning into some sort of computer processing system where it's like we're just constantly processing all of this content, all of this data, all of these visuals. And I mean, maybe some of them we remember, but I would say a majority we don't, not to the level of sincere attention and yeah so like what's funny anymore what's entertaining anymore what really grabs you what makes you pay attention what is so good that you have to show someone about it like it takes away from that do you know what I mean yeah and I mean there's no solution to any of that it's just worth noting um so basically at the beginning of the quarantine I think it was like we were a month in and that was when things were really bad you really couldn't go anywhere and so I kind of got into that phase of oh I'm just gonna watch movies and I felt like I was really watching a lot of stuff and being on my computer all the time. So I hit this wall where I was like, I'm sick of the screen. It's giving me a headache. I'm not, I don't feel like this is making me as happy as it once used to, especially when you're like productive in the day and then you sit down and watch a TV show and it's like, you're so excited for that. So I did this thing called a dopamine cleanse, which some people think it's like a myth. Honestly, it was a really good experiment. Basically for an entire week, I did not look at social media. I only texted. I didn't watch any TV. I didn't listen to any podcasts. didn't even listen to any music because I just wanted to try it out. And it actually worked. And then like when I finally was able to get back onto that, it's all about a balance. And I think every once in a while, sometimes that is good, especially in a time like this where it's just so much technological overload. That's awesome. Except what the did you do? I... Actually, I don't even know what I did. I think it, it was around a time where I had a lot of schoolwork. So I was doing that. Uh, okay, yeah. um, cooking. <laughs> I don't know. Really? I read. I did read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was one thing. But yeah, I don't know. Sleep. Once right. I become literate, I'm totally going to try that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I wish you the best of luck with Thank that. So <laughs> okay. Um, well, honestly, going off of the TikTok point, there's so many young influencers now I mean even more than when we were growing up with YouTube and Vine I feel like that are doing dumb stuff and then later getting called out on it and yes these kids are responsible for what they say but also you have to take into the consideration you know your brain doesn't develop until you're 25 and I feel like looking back at my life there was definitely some stuff that I've probably posted on social media that I regret or that I could even get canceled for later down the road if I ever became some sort of public figure. Is that a concern for you guys at all? Okay, I have a scalding hot take about cancel culture. I really think that the reaction to cancel culture is much larger than cancel culture in itself. And let Mm -hmm. me explain. Because I think, so... 95% 95% of the people who have been, not 95, but most of the people who have been quote unquote canceled, unless it was a legitimate sex crime, unless you were Louis C.K., you know, or Kevin Spacey, yeah. everyone who's canceled for doing, for making a mistake, for doing some stupid shit is fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the example of like that SNL guy, do you guys know that situation from? Which one? Okay. So this guy got hired at SNL 
in September. Like they announced the new cast members like two weeks before the show starts. Okay. So like these are our three new cast members. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And one of them, like three hours after his um, announcement of being part of the cast, this podcast resurfaces from like six months ago in which he he uses a racial slur. And the thing about the situation is, is he didn't make a joke in which he may have crossed a line and it came off as offensive. He used a racial slur in conversation. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. Okay. I think if you're using a racial slur in conversation, it's a different situation than if you're a comedian trying to make a joke and you cross the line because that's what comedians do. They push boundaries, you know what I mean? You just cross the line, you're like, shit, my bad. You know what I mean? It's completely different. Well, in comedy, it's a lot more deliberate. Like, right. that's the, you, there's a, a an intent for that. When, right. it, when it casually comes out, then that's your true colors. Exactly, absolutely. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying where I think, you know what I mean? Like, every three yeah. days on Twitter, there's this thing where it's like, hashtag this celebrity is over party and it's for some minor shit. And the thing is, is I'm just like, oh, these are... 400 people tweeting and it's never actually real you know what i mean favorite celebrities like being quote unquote canceled sometimes and i'm like oh my god what do they do like is their career gonna suffer i love them you know what i mean And i'm like oh wait no one actually cares that yes first of all our parents since we were i'm going on a tangent i'm sorry but (laughs) keep it going since we were 13 our parents have been like don't be stupid on social media you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and we've sort of been like okay whatever well i think they were afraid of it i mean it was new for them just as it was new for us we should have listened well that's why we invented finsta (laughs) yeah that was our outlet to do whatever we wanted to do can we circle back to finsta (laughs) (laughs) i've been trying to bring finsta back for a long time no one's paying attention but i feel pretty 69 is really trying i think i feel pretty 69 (laughs) i think (laughs) i was asap jordy i think okay we we should circle back to the finsta thing but what i was saying was kind of trying to articulate is that there is a population of Twitter in which you make an accident or you screw up and they really hold it against you and put you in like a headlock and don't forgive you but it's a minority of Twitter you know what I mean and a Mm -hmm. lot of times Mm -hmm. they're on a large platform so we see that and that's what we think all you know Gen Z people are thinking most of the time I like really do think that People fuck up and we're pretty willing to understand the context and give them a second chance unless they're being rapist or child molesters. Yeah. And and that's that's how I that's how I feel. Like I think unless it's like a Jeffrey Epstein, Kevin Space, like what you said, there's no need to be when the people who are canceling the person say more messed up stuff than the person themselves, that's when I have a problem with it. Because I'm like, guys, you're just taking this as an opportunity to be harmful and aggressive and especially i think it depends on the age of that person like that snl example you're an adult you should know what's appropriate to say in a podcast and what isn't what's offensive and there are consequences to your actions but if someone's 14 and they said that and maybe they grew up in an environment where they weren't taught what was appropriate to say or not should they be um, denied from college. That's where I'm kind of, well, maybe they should be allowed to go to college because then that will actually teach them how, you know, to be respectful and learn these things that they would have never learned in their small town or whatever. Um, so I think it's just such a, yeah, a the, the stuff with thing. applying to college is definitely super messy. It's, yeah. It's, it's hard to navigate. So that. I agree, but also I had a friend who worked at NYU admissions, like was an assistant for one of the admissions officers and granted NYU's a really big private school people don't realize it it's like the second biggest private school in the nation so they get a well, ton of applications that's crazy but yeah 
I really, like, when you think about it, like, how many people are applying to Harvard? Probably 90,000 students, you know what I mean? Of which 3% are going to get in or whatever. But do you think these admissions officers have time to look at 90,000 social medias to look up that name, to check that Instagram, you know what I mean? I'm not saying if you didn't go viral in 2016 for being a jackass, we won't get back to you. But I think 85% of people... It really doesn't. And maybe I'm too confident in this. And there mm-hmm, are 30 mm-hmm. year olds. I mean, if a 30 year old is listening to this, laughing at me being like, you're an idiot. We know it all. But I really do think that like we kind of overhype the cancer culture thing. Well, it's just there's such a sense of. Yeah, it's a it's a double edged sword of don't put yourself on this pedestal that you're God, that you're perfect, that you've never said anything or done anything wrong, even just because it wasn't on social media and then put all your energy into canceling someone else who right. is probably younger than you. Probably their brain probably isn't even fully developed. They're still learning. They're still figuring out their place in the world. And you're just, yeah. And they're in, sh- you're shutting them down, probably ruining their chances of having confidence. And I agree with all of it. And I think, you know, people are 14, 15, 13, these young influencers and celebrities, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they can make a mistake. That being said, and I'm not sure this is what you really were referring to, but like, I don't think there's any room for slurs in 2020 if you have a platform. You know what I mean? I think if fair. Jake Paul or Addison Ray or whatever says, yes, you know, 100%. one of those words. And a majority of that society would agree that they probably should not be saying those things. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cancel culture is definitely very like complicated. I feel like it's, we're just really quick to like jump on someone else for doing something that it's like, Hey, when I was 15, I said books full of the world's stupidest shit you've ever heard. And I probably put half of that on social media and wasn't thinking, (laughs) hopefully I'll still get a job, fingers crossed. But like, do you know what I mean? Like we're really easy, we're really quick to be like, wow, I can't believe that idiot person did this, but it's like, okay, well, I've really said stupid stuff in my Mm. life. You don't, you think of social media like a game, but it really can bite you we all look at social media and don't actively think about our place in it. And yeah, when you read things like that or read articles about someone getting canceled or read tweets about someone getting canceled, you just don't ever actually put yourself in their shoes. It's all about like, yeah, you disassociate from it, like that you're fine. I'm all in the clear. But I mean, technically, if you actually analyze yourself, you would know that, okay, I've probably done or said something really similar at some point. Yeah. I could never run to be president with my Finsta, just pending, which I (laughs) I openly broadcasted. It's just, even if you delete it, it's just in the ether forever. Uh, I still have mine, actually. I I think I'm still logged in, but I don't remember the last time that I posted on it. Oh, I go on it all the time. (laughs) Oh, really? You still... It's I just it. Tyler. Should I revive it? it? Literally, and it's me posting into nobody. No, but you know why I post on Finsta, and this is actively the truth. I'm not sure if we are transferring to this conversation, are we? No, we're just letting yeah, it we're, run. We're Go for it. it. Okay, but like, the thing that I because there's <laughs> funny shit that I think of where I'm like. I need to tell this to somebody and like, I just feel bad enough for my group chats and like, same, you know what I mean? More, I make it no, more official. No, you, know what yeah. it is? you know what it is? I can articulate that in a more succinct, clearer way. It's just that I want attention and I'm like, I'm going to say this <laughs> to 35 people. You know what I mean? And maybe one of them will swipe up and be like, LOL. But mm-hmm. it's always it's, me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get on this now. But, like, I just, like, it, it's it's doing that as opposed to saying something 
and posting it to the however many hundred Instagram followers I have. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. is just the instant gratification, which is a flaw I have because social media gave it to me of whatever serotonin instant gratification we get from posting something and knowing people are going to see it and possibly not even getting any responses. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like whatever that is, it's just something that I'm like, I want to share this because I want people to see it for whatever reason. So it's like a twisted desire for attention. Yeah, absolutely. But, but it's not as bad is. than your regular, than your regular right. Instagram. Cause there's not as many people. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. So could you say that influencers who have just a massive following and don't just post like, I guess ads for whatever deals that they have going on. Do you think that it's just them wanting more and more attention, even though they don't need it because they have such a big following? Well, yes, but also I don't know who doesn't want attention. And I feel like it's a, like, you know what I mean? It's something where it's like, they probably want more and more attention because they've gotten a taste of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Once the threshold kind of hits, it's just like, what's that next milestone that you're going to hit? Oh, 2 million likes, 3 million likes, like all that. That's why people who post on Instagram a lot are people who post on Instagram a lot because they continue to want it. You know what I mean? Or at least Mm -hmm. that's my read of it. You know what I mean? Is there a way to get out of that mindset? Like, do you think that it can be harmful in a way? Like, like a need, uh, some sort of desire that they just, they don't even understand that it's, that it could be negative or that you see what I'm saying? That it's becoming an obsession for them. Yeah. I think Instagram is an obsession for so many people that I know, including myself, there's such a rush to your head. Like, you know what I mean? You bought some swimsuit on Revolve and then you got the perfect picture in La Jolla. I'm talking about myself. Please don't keep it. <laughs> um, anyways, that was an expensive purchase for me. So you, you get that and then you finally get the picture and then it's on your phone and you see it and it happened and you can share it and you're like, and I got a lot of comments. So good. It always <laughs> looks, so, looks good. so good. It's just unbelievable at this point. Anyways, like you look good and you feel good and you're excited about what you posted and then it's exciting, but it's like a drug. It's like if you did heroin every day, you have to do it again for it to feel good. Again. It's the dopamine you stuff. Can't ride on your 100%. one good selfie that got 600 likes and 37 comments forever. You have to do it again. <laughs> no, but like better. Heroin. But better. You need better engagement for this time. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And if you're one of the psychos that has your Instagram for no reason on business profile so you can see like who sent it, it's like a weird <laughs> game in your head because you're like, is it weird that 42 people sent my photo around? Is that a good thing? Are they talking shit? Is bad attention Probably. good? At, like, is any attention good attention? You know I what would I mean? be someone that's so sold on the fact that bad attention is still attention. Right. So. No, and that's that's this pretty is true. That I, without completely overgeneralizing too much, girls post on social media more than guys, right? Like, let yeah. me. It's a standard for let sure. Let me open up my Instagram right now, real quick, and I will say. I mean, I posted recently because my birthday, because I posted for my birthday. But like, if you go to like. You're like your top six posts, my sixth post, like my sixth most recent post was in October of 2019, whereas Marissa's sixth most recent post was April 4th. Girls post more, but I'm not willing, as a dude who loves attention, I'm not willing to like concede that girls just want attention more because... You know what I mean? I just, like, yeah. So is there just a thing where guys get their attention elsewhere? You know yeah. what I mean? Cause I don't, I think I post yeah. on Instagram a decent amount for a guy and I still don't post a fraction of what you guys post. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I wonder what 
No, I, I get that. But it brings up the question of where where are those other streams of attention coming from? Because if everyone desires that attention, but it's not being fulfilled by posting nearly as much as some of these girls do, then what what is it? Or is it just a void? What yeah, it's probably... I said Snapchat. I feel like the average, like, Sigma Chi at U of A, like, doesn't post a lot, but, you know, like, sends the same, like, 15 different girls, like, the same picture, and that's where their attention, I'm serious, that's where their attention Video comes games. from. So accurate, no, actually. Ella, Comparatively Ella. to them posting Instagram, like, I don't, you know what I mean? That's where it comes from. Uh, I agree with, I, I mean, sh yes, with what Marissa just said, but also Ella just said video games. Video games. That. That's a dope it's, Absolutely. It's, just, it's like how you, how you spend your time, it doesn't have to just take attention, but I think both, like, I think that posting on Instagram for the most part is mindless junk. Same with, um, same with video games for the most part. Like, yeah, there's some strategy involved, whatever. It, it does teach you some skills. Same with posting on Instagram. But at the end of the day, it's basically the boy version of doing a photo shoot in a bikini for hours on end and then posting on social media. No, that makes so much sense. And if you think about it, like, girls getting, um, a majority of their likes and comments are from other girls, probably. Instagram is for women. Yeah. It never was about men and it never will be. It wasn't made <laughs> for them. It doesn't really have to do with them at all. They don't. It's But they're on it to look at girls. They're on it to look yeah. at girls, but girls post Instagrams for other girls. Especially uh, college especially. age yeah. girls. I'll say something very, I guess, out of the range of kind of what we're talking about right now, but I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I completely took down all of my photos at the beginning of the year i just looked up your instagram when i was doing that thing where i was like what was the last most recent post and i was like oh jordan doesn't have any no i don't have any and i yeah. like you, i had an instagram oh, i don't 100%. know if you guys ever looked yeah. at mine but i i did and i would post like pretty much as often as anyone else my age would but i hit this like wave and this was before the pandemic even happened where i was like i am so i just I don't know, maybe it was me being self-conscious of like not having as many photos that I wanted to post or I'm not even sure, but I just felt like I was giving it too much power and like too much focus. And believe me, I it's so hard to get out of that. But once I kind of did it, I just haven't gone back. And I, d I do post stories, so I, I do whatever with that. But stories are the best. Yeah, that's for the best. That's that's interesting. That reminded me of my sister. My sister Natasha, like, literally has never had an Instagram, has never had social media. She's the same age as me, super cute, normal girl, went to U of A too, just graduated, whatnot. It's amazing. It's I mean, wow. she just doesn't give a flying fuck, which is so interesting to me. And she never has. Like, she just doesn't care. And like I think that honestly, especially coming from like thinking about a guy, that's honestly really attractive. Because a lot of girls it, like yeah. a lot of totally. girls like want to post so that other girls think they're cute so that they feel better about themselves. Whereas she's like stunning, beautiful, has the cutest clothes, goes to the coolest places with her boyfriend, like always like takes like she very has the stereotypes. She's just not putting the she's stereotypes. Beautiful. She just doesn't care, which mm -hmm. is so interesting because I feel like it's it'd be really you'd be hard pressed to find like a very especially at my school, like University of Arizona, you'd be hard pressed to find a super cute girl that's involved in a sorority, like in all this stuff that just doesn't broadcast it. Like imagine no, the I type actually that you're creating. Like I can't even think of anyone. It's so admirable. It no, is. I respect the hell out of that. Honestly, maybe since I did have one. Like, I, that doesn't fully apply to me, but, like, I can totally relate to that because, yeah, I don't know. You just kind of do you. If it's not for you, like, it's not for you, and that's totally fine. And if it is, like, you do you. Exactly. I mm -hmm. agree. 
I did not know that. That's really cool. Yeah, it is. I have actually never heard of that. Especially I, she's not with the only like person I've ever yeah, met. Yeah, I, I, I who just exactly never like she doesn't even she have does, a she login. She has a visco with like a bunch of cool photos of like her in like Bali and with her boyfriend. And, like they're beautiful, but like nice. she just has a visco because she thinks it's cool. Like that's it though. Like she has an Instagram really where general. she looks at other people's Instagrams, but she doesn't ever post herself. If you post a lot, you also are looking at it a lot, and you're like aware of other people's posts a lot. You know what I mean? So I look at my own posts. Right. No, no, no. I know you. Yeah, because it's your brand. That's <laughs> what you you put so much time and work yeah, in. It's your brand. It. Yeah. But also, I, you know what other people post. Like, I'm sure if I like were to name definitely. someone social media presence, you would like much more likely know than. And you copy Kasha. each other without realizing you're copying totally, each other. And you totally. feed off each other, but for sure. But like one thing that I always try and remind myself over and over again is like you post a photo and you obsess about it and you're like, oh my god, this is so cool, or I don't know if this is cute, or I don't know if this works with my feet, or just. But like you have to remember that if they were to tell you who stalked your page the most, it's probably you. You know what I mean? Like no one really cares that much about what you post besides you. Like people will see your photo be like, Oh, that's really cute. Throw it a like, give it a comment, move on. This is a, this is a, that was a huge contributor with why I took him down. I was like, do people even like care what I'm really posting? And I was like, I'm putting all this energy into looking at these comments, looking at the likes, editing whatever photo, making sure everything's perfect. You you put it out there into the World Wide Web. And then, okay, yeah, you get some comments back. But like, they're just doing that because it feels forced. Like, okay, there's a girl that you are best friends with and you always comment on her. So then they're going to comment on yours. It's like, it's a game. And I just felt like I was losing the traction of, okay, I don't know if this is like fulfilling me to the level that I maybe once thought it would, or I'm not sure. I know. I kind of, it's like, I agree with Marissa. I do it for me. And I think that that's like a healthy relationship to have with social media. Mm -hmm. Accept that like, if you don't do it for others, then at least you do it for yourself. And honestly, for me, like it is your public journal or your life's work or your portfolio of art. It doesn't have to be, like for me, I've definitely done like a merge what my Instagram is and I some posts only get a hundred photos on them because it's literally like a dumb thing that I took of a cactus, like whatever. And or like someone else has a Instagram where like like it tells a story of what they're doing and it tracks them having a visual journal. So I think if you look at it from that perspective like there is a benefit there and what also I think is weird is that going back to the digital persona versus someone's like real persona when I hear someone's name I sometimes imagine too which is black yeah like, how weird is that enough times like I'll, I'll I guess you say Marissa I'm like oh I like to see like what your photos are like which is so whack I don't know there was a kid that I hooked up with in high school that thought my name was Marissa Lee because that's what my Instagram was like just <laughs> so it's such a good point well they do take what they see and think right. that it's true Mm-hmm. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, no, yeah, that's a really good point, Ella. It's just like it's I just feel like the one thing you do really have to realize with Instagram and all this stupidness is that like what I try to do is be like maybe you're maybe I am putting out my content in hopes that other people will see it and be like, oh, that's cute. Oh, that's whatever. But you really have to realize that the only person that's obsessing over it, the only person that really cares a lot 
is you. You know what I mean? Whether you do it for someone else or not is neither here nor there, but the only person that obsesses about it in the way that would make someone anxious or these young girls that are anxious over their photos, the only person that's staring at it for long enough to see that like the back of your leg has a tiny bit of cellulite, like just on your left leg is you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's really Mm -hmm. what you have to realize is like no one truly cares as much as you do about what your page looks like. I can't relate to everything, but I think it's good to talk about this stuff because I don't know, we engage with this, with these visuals, these photos, um, the stuff every day. And if you're active on social media, I mean, most people look at it multiple times a day. So it's like, I think it is good to kind of actually talk about what exactly are we seeing. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to like broadcast being on this because I think that's just the whole point of this podcast was about at the very start. Like there is just such a difference between real life and real like person, like the real Jordan Craft and the real Tyler Conrad and the real Marissa McLennan mm-hmm. and Ella McFarlane are very different people than the people that you see. And, and like, at them. yeah, exactly. Like it's just, it's really different and it has nothing to, like you could have a totally different, there's so many girls in my specific, even sorority at U of A that are just the, the shyest, sweetest little things that their Instagrams, you just would never know. You would never know. Just that's crazy and whatnot, that's and they're beautiful, yeah, like, but can't hold a conversation. Wrong with being beautiful and boring. I mean, that's <laughs> every goddamn book is written about someone like that. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's like you would Parasol. never get that from their social medias. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you put someone yeah. in front no, of you, and they can't I'm, talk. I, I wanted to bring that up. Okay, so before the digital world and before social media, being an extrovert was actually considered an advantage in society, especially like in the business world. I mean, if you're a scientist, it doesn't matter if you talk to people or not, but just in general, if you're an extrovert, if you can talk to people, if you have social cues, like that is considered an advantage. And introverts had the lesser advantage. Now with social media, it kind of levels the playing field and almost makes it easier for introverts um, especially in the digital world and things being more on Zoom and stuff. I think that's a really interesting point. Like, there's so many beautiful girls that have, like, these blogs or influencers, and they write these really, like, in-depth captions and these really thoughtful posts. And then when you talk to them, it's, you can't – you feel like you know them more on Instagram than you do even in person, which I think that's a whole, like, weird thing in and of itself. I don't know. Yeah, that's such a random thing that I totally know what you're talking about, where, like, someone is so – like – tries to come off as quirky and super outgoing on social media. And then you talk to them in person and you're like, I am really plucking at teeth here to get you to say more than six words at a time, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's really, I'm sure it's really hard for say they're wanting, they're talking to someone on a dating app and then they give them their Instagram and then they go over the Instagram and they see, they kind of get these like preconceived ideas of what they'll be like in person. And then from their Instagram, their digital persona completely opposite. And then you, meet with them in person it's like okay this makes sense no but Ella I think that's a really good reference at least in like a professional and corporate setting um we are we're so good at hiding behind these all these accounts that we have and all these platforms that we actively check all the time like it's really good to hide behind technology whether it be I guess politically or I guess if you're self-conscious and you're wanting to post a bunch of stuff or I don't know if you have a blog there's so many ways to do it um, and Ella, can I tell my video game example? Yeah. Okay. So guys, a couple days ago, I was ex- exploring these chat community 
websites. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with video games. That's a dark hole to go down. <laughs> just, just bear with me here. So basically, I have no experience with like the video game community. And there are some guys that are so intense. Yeah. But basically, I found this one called Discord. And apparently, that's like one of the most popular where so many people can get onto these servers and like talk to each other. And so if they're playing a game, they're on it on the side to like type out stuff or mm -hmm. to actually like voice chat and whatever I was looking at this because maybe like the podcast we could have some sort of like community where people can go in and chat and it would not be vulgar at all it would just be super nice well I experimented with this one random server that I somehow got into within one second of logging in all of these guys are coming at me saying like just the worst stuff telling me to go die like sending me death threats yeah <laughs> I, I was kind of i was kind of egging it on because i didn't know like what to do and i was kind of entertained by it and then i don't know it just kind of kept continuing and i just couldn't believe how many people just talk like that and that's just like i could well, never type those words behind. out i mean yeah it takes a certain type of person to be that terrible but also because they're hiding behind screens you know what i mean it's not You've, it's not yeah. their names, you know what I mean? But these aren't, this isn't just like one person out of a, a 200. Per, the, this is every right. single. Right. But I think that, I mean, A, I think that whole community is a very specific community and it's sort of like, you know, chicken or the egg thing, like we were saying before, where it's like that's sort of just the norms there now. I know from mm -hmm. my very limited experience with gaming, that's sort of just like how that. It's just how it is. Like, but I think also it's just a completely different world when you're not you know, like admitting that it's yourself. You know and I mean, no one, there is such a small percentage of people who do shit like that than would do it if they were like, what's your name? And this is what you look like. You know what I mean? Like no one's actually doing that. So that's what I think the big difference is. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Once again, there's a safety net with the screen and I guess these platforms that you can communicate with people on. Plus on those, at least that chat specifically, there's like an alias. You don't even have your name on there. You don't even have a profile picture. It's like an avatar. So it's like, it's honestly kind of a way to probably purge to people. Just like whatever anger you have built inside, just go off. Totally. But what if someone was in a really sensitive mental state and like read something like that or someone like me that has absolutely zero experience with that and then I go on and then I'm seeing all this stuff just like hundreds and hundreds of like death threats. What? Yeah. Like what? No one is standing up for like this I'm I'm becoming the spokesperson. I'm not even kidding. I'm very passionate about this now. It was that was a little traumatizing, but it's okay. I just wanted to bring that up because I feel like that was on the lines of there's, kind of what we were talking there's about. There's definitely some psychological roots to that that go pretty deep. But mm -hmm. yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's but people fun. would never bring that to fruition in, in no. that sort of setting. No. Right. Absolutely. I, I think Tyler's right. It's like the chicken and the egg thing. Like I think that social media creates these rooms where it's just people yelling back the same negative energy back and forth and it just gets this like groupthink mentality where it either amplifies hateful messages or positive ones it could go either way and I feel like that's why even with things like white supremacy or racist issues that pop up like it, it seems if these people have such a bigger platform that they than they did even 20 years ago or 30 years ago because mm -hmm they're all being able to connect from all different parts of the country where you used to have to like meet at someone's house and there might only be like three people in your neighborhood or your town that think like you, you know? So it just, it amplifies any sort of negative voice 
be so much louder. Right. Um, no. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, totally. Because, I mean, like, yeah, I was talking about the video game thing where I said the chicken and the egg thing about how it's, like, part of the community now and people who normally wouldn't speak like that or use, you know, vocabulary like that just do it because it's part of the community. But, like, also that's a really good point about how it transfers over to like broader social media and like politics and stuff. And it's like, if you put someone who had never seen social media before um, and gave them Twitter for the first time in their lives and they were an old enough adult to have a fully formed political opinion and you showed them a tweet that like was from a different opinion than what theirs is, I'm sure they their first reaction for 90% of people wouldn't be to just go at that person with you know mm-hmm. terrible language and call them this that and the other and start no i don't know. think that's in our nature right no. that's not our top but priority the environment of social media and the internet and stuff and how heightened it is you know for this past 5 or 6 years or whatever um like that is a way quicker knee-jerk reaction you know what i mean where it's like i see something mm-hmm. i don't agree with i go to the comments and i say this and that you know what i mean <laughs> and that's taught you're taught to do that totally totally it's a subconscious thing it's yeah. not a natural reaction of yours like it's not your natural human instinct to call that person the worst thing you can think of and like you know comment a million times so that they can't delete it enough like i've done um, content control dealing with the gym that I work for, like just with a bunch of hateful comments we got when we were dealing with coronavirus and being shut down and whatnot. Um, and like, I feel like getting all those hateful comments, like I was like, who from Nebraska is stalking an Arizona gym to comment this stuff yeah. in the middle of the day on a Tuesday while I'm just trying to be on my lunch hour as a wee little intern. Like it's just, it's we. confusing. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're like, who in the hell has the time? People do. And it's, it's learned, like you learn that if you see something that slightly offends you or slightly upsets you, and this virus has made everything so polarized, Mm. so evil, so mean. You see someone at the grocery store doing something they're not supposed to do and you take a photo of it and tweet it. Like that didn't happen before. Mm. I had to go up to someone at the gym I worked at and tell him to not take a photo of this random woman. Wow, that's incredible. Because he was upset that she didn't wipe things down exactly the way she was supposed to and he like video recorded her. No, no. That's strange. I I don't even have that in my body. No, but it totally goes back to what we were saying when we were talking about Instagram posts before how it's like a serotonin boost that you get addicted to and i am like disclaimer i am not like saying that posting opinions on twitter in general is anything like comparable to being a troll or something but it's like i think the boost of serotonin i get when i retweet something that has my political opinion that i know people who differ in their opinions are going to see and I know it's going to piss them off a little bit. Yes, it's more subtle, but it definitely... I I totally get that, like, little, you know, satisfaction or whatever. And I think that it is a bigger form of that same feeling of commenting something and saying terrible things to someone who disagree with politically. You know what I mean? They're in the same family. Isn't it so sad where, referencing your example, Marissa, people when they see something wrong or when they see someone doing something wrong, isn't it sad that we've come to the time where it's easier and more of a, I guess, a reaction to video them as opposed to go up to them, sit them down, actually talk to them in a civil, mature way to actually try to make them a better person. Like I would honestly, I would do that unless it was something absolutely absurd that I would want to have a video for that would be funny. Um, But I, I don't know why, why, since when do we come to this time where whenever you see something wrong, it's video it 
So then it'll go viral. So then it'll cause more drama as opposed to we don't need any more drama anymore. Let's stop doing this. It's not helping anyone's mental state. It's not helping our economy. It's not helping our society. I would, yeah, I would 100% recommend don't do that unless it's something worthy of it and actually try to talk about it. Like as much as we have these digital personas, don't let that world take over our real physical, um, I guess, in-person interactions with strangers, whoever you come across. Right, absolutely. You're like giving into control of the digital age if you're just saying that you'd rather record someone and put it on your Twitter feed to, to say that they're not cleaning the way that they should and they're screwing up and how embarrassing for them. You're just adding first off to how many times people scroll through their feed and see stuff about coronavirus, which I for one would love to never hear that again in my life. (laughs) Um, so you're adding to that. And also like, what if you just like stood the F up and were like, Hey, you should wipe down your equipment after you use it. Like that's really Mm -hmm. not cool. You know, and don't get me involved because I make $12 an hour and truly could care less about any of their problems. <laughs> I'm just here doing my job. Yeah, I, I really am just wearing this sports jersey at four in the morning opening this gym, ma'am. So don't Because care. I live and breathe this gym. <laughs> don't care that he recorded you, but I'm so very sorry and I will go up to him. That is so funny. I actually love that story. I mean, and that's so relevant I to stuff that's going on right now. Why? Why? You know what I mean? Like Literally when did like humans stop being yeah. humans? When my question is, when did we cross over to the point where it's easier and better for us to use our phones, our social media, text someone, whatnot, than just like be a person? I don't I think know. It's the of joy as well, because like, where did joy go? Because we're all just texting and we're no yeah, longer speaking. I don't. I've, yeah. I ask myself this all the time. I don't understand why it's psychologically easier to go through the technology. Like, I don't understand. It's probably because some sort of chemical thing that yeah, I... Yeah, it's, it's something where you're not... I mean, texting is harder than... Or is easier than calling. Calling is easier than FaceTiming. FaceTiming is easier than doing it in person. It's just like the less intimate it is, the easier it is for any force. But like I thought that humans liked intimacy. Like, we were always built when to love people. Like, I don't understand. Now we're, we're just degressing into, okay, whatever's the furthest I can get from real person interaction, like, this is what I prefer. And the quarantine has magnetized it by a million. Yes. A million. I mean, yeah, we the are... quarantine has pushed it totally. so far. Like, children, my little cousin, I asked him, they're like, oh, like, like when do you think you can go back to all the stuff? He literally was like, what school? I felt like what he didn't even know the word school? school. Well, because he hasn't been to school in like that, like so long. That's and he, I, I mean, that actually just broke my heart. This is like the situation that we're in, but like we are accelerating us moving into the digital realm so much faster because it's the only way that we can still keep things somewhat normal and progress things and keep jobs live and that sort of thing i I mean it's pretty it's convenient that we do have ability to stay connected during something like this which is unfortunate but i mean it it brings a lot of benefits companies that are able to zoom or share a screen if you need to show something or i don't know there are a lot of benefits but from like a psychological standpoint i don't know if it's really helping our interpersonal 
physical social skills like do you guys feel like you've lost your social skills a little bit since we haven't really been going out or doing anything I just feel like I'm a lot less of myself like I'm still obviously super funny and pretty but <laughs> I like you know what I mean <laughs> gotta weave that in I digress. very funny very pretty <laughs> I, I digress I digress but like you know what I mean like I don't know like abroad like I was living my best shit like just being myself like mm-hmm. barely on my phone I would love the most fun thing in the world for me would be like walking around Paris with my friend Lily and having my phone be in my pocket like the entire day. Cause like, I don't, uh, I how many pictures do you really need to take? Do you know what I mean? Probably just find stock images no, and like Photoshop yourself you in. Take a pic of the Eiffel Tower. You can Google it. Uh, <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? That was like stuff like that. Like I feel like it kind of, it just dulls you. Like it makes you like you want, you crave time to spend on your phone by yourself. But what mm-hmm. if you sat down and asked yourself like, Hey, why do I get annoyed being with people or hanging out with my family for hours on end and playing a game? Like why, why do I want to go in my room and sit on my phone? Like why have I trained my brain to want that? You know what I mean? Cause your brain is all training. You're training whatever thoughts you have. You're training your brain that that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and when they say do something 21 times or 28 times, maybe then it's a habit. It's a habit so it's yeah. just the repetition that then it becomes ingrained. Oh, this is, this is how I live or this right. is my lifestyle. And I'm really glad you brought up the, um, pair or the Paris thing, because like, first off you went from a hundred to zero in terms Absolutely. of the pandemic. I That's the coolest person alive. And then I was, walking you were living for no reason. Yeah. And I, I love that you're saying I don't bring my phone out to be honest. Like Ella will tell you every single time we go out, I lose my phone. I That's actually awesome. don't even take photos when I'm out. Like, and it's not even because I'm <laughs> belligerent or whatever. It's just because I don't have that inkling when I'm out at all to be on my phone it's either in my purse or on the floor of a bar and then I go and get it the next day I I, on my birthday it was at the bottle blonde for two days that's really funny I don't (laughs) know we're going too long but you brought something up that I have so many questions about okay we talk about drunk social media yes at this point Ella what do you think (laughs) yeah yeah like what (laughs) Well, <laughs> I mean, sorry, that's not very it, no, it magnifies the, the concept of you're free to, to say whatever on social media because you know there's a safety net. But when you're drunk, it's like you're already showing your true colors to people. Why not it be through whatever other social media platform? So right. it's there are no filters. There's so many, there's so many layer, drunk texts, so many yes. stupid Snapchat stories. There's like, a layer of impaired judgment, but there's also the la- there's a layer of impaired judgment, the layer of like desperateness i don't know like when you're drunk and you really want food you know what i mean or like when you're drunk and like yeah <laughs> you really want to hook up just food yeah you're, yeah i didn't want to like say that but yeah when you're drunk and you're horny um or like when you're drunk and yeah. you want that you know tone and boost posting some shit on social media you know what i mean yeah no so completely. it's a really easy thing to, like when your um judgment is impaired to just like be like oh i'm gonna post this because i want something and it's also the other side of it is how you want to post stuff when you're drunk a lot of the time if you're one of those people who wants to show off that they're cool, that they're fun. You know what I mean? So you already want to be like on social media. It's supposed to be like, I'm out at the bar showing people I'm having a good time. You know what I mean? That's how it starts. And then it progresses to I'm drunk. I've already been posting all night and I want more serotonin now. So let's, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. No, I see what you're saying. It's not, it's not even enough even when you're out with your friends, drinking, with yeah. music, with dancing, with everyone, that everything, everything that could be considered, I guess – fun yeah, yeah. but you still want more like, yep. 
it's just well, like our need for like more we, more and more attention again that's where i think our brains are screwed up like why can't it be enough that you looked awesome in your new outfit at dirtbags at the university of arizona and people saw you there why do you also have to post it also have to put it on snapchat also have to take a million photos of it why is it not enough that you were there and people saw you there and it's not because they want the photos just to go back and look at. It's because they want they other want people, people to, to know that yeah. they're out, other people to know that they have a life. And that's so stemmed from just deep-rooted insecurity and they don't even know it. Uh, but it's 100%. but they don't think that it's insecurity because there's so many oh. people that do it that they just normal. think that it's normal. Well, it is normal. No. We just we just need to encourage like just freaking think for yourself. Like Ellen and I did our entire one of our last episodes we just did um just like I guess focus more on independent thinking, like actually analyze the stuff that's going around you. I just don't see that anymore. We're so susceptible just to seeing people with more following tell you what's right. Oh, they're doing that. So that means that's right because they're popular, because they're cool. And then it just trickles down and down until, okay, it hits people like us that are normal per se. And it's like it becomes a norm across everybody. And so that's why no one actually sees through it because – they just think that that's just how it is. Yeah. I don't <laughs> I don't no. even know if I'm explaining it right. No, no, no. I, I'm yeah, probably going around in circles. Right. In my head. Well, I mean, like, no, because I post a lot when I'm out and I am like self aware enough to know it comes from a place of insecurity. You know what I mean? For me being insecure and being like, I want to post this. Or, or like, I mean, to get super open and vulnerable about it. I post when I'm at school to show people at home that I'm having fun. And I post when I'm at home to show people at school that I'm having fun. You no, but I think I that's mean? really respectable that you like, are recognizing that and so open about it. it. You know what I mean? And it's also like, who cares? Like now that I'm saying it, I'm like, who cares? But also I just know myself and that's who yeah. I am. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But, but there like, are a lot of people. Care. It's I, not even just you. Like we I, care. Like, yeah. We want to see those. you're a part of and the, the people that you surround yourself with care and they care about what they post and they, they, and they care about what you post as well. You know what I mean? Totally. If mm-hmm. no one ever posted at a club just because they were at a club, you People wouldn't, wouldn't either. Started. You yeah, know what I mean? Totally. And like, I can think of one person. Um, I wonder if like post this pandemic, if we're going to be, maybe it'll be a good thing. Like maybe this will make us more grateful for all the experiences that we have because like none of us have been to a bar in months. I mean, we're probably not going to get to travel to Europe or out of the country for at least a year. Like there's so many things that we took for granted before all this. And hopefully like this will force us to appreciate the moments more because we've had a lot of time in our rooms on our phone. Like I know that I'm done being on my phone. I know that I'm ready when everything is back and up and running to get back out there to whatever capacity that means. And I definitely am never going to be like, non-appreciative of the environment that I'm in and the people that I'm with I've noticed that like the people I enjoy the most I'm I'm on my phone the least and I feel like that's a really good thing that you should track yeah like I think going Um, back to what you said about sorry this might be a little bit random actually I'm not really that sorry because it'll be interesting but um going back to what you said about like couples like I feel like in my experience with my relationships and just in general like the people that post the most about how in love they are are the least in love people you know what I mean because like yeah I mean for real the people that like 
like it's okay to go on like a really cute date with your boyfriend and have a really like intimate conversation and feel really connected to that person without showing anyone else that. And I personally, like my boyfriend and I, like if I recorded us every single time he like ate Chipotle, he would kill me. Like that's annoying. Like you don't need to show everyone that you and your boyfriend are getting lunch. Of course you get lunch. He's your boyfriend. And you're human. You need to eat. Obviously you're eating food. It's very strange. I don't know. I just feel like the people that are the like, why can't a moment with like your boyfriend or your friend or something just be yours? Like, why do you have to give it to everyone else so that they can see how cool you are that you were in stitches on your one year anniversary with your boyfriend? Like, why can't mm-hmm. that be yours and something that you did and like put in a scrapbook because it happened because it happened whether you post it or not it still happened yeah it's yours why do we need to make it everyone else's you know what i mean it's just the competition everyone's so competitive and i don't know why i don't know why i mean especially with relationships anything romantic wouldn't you want that to stay intimate by exposing it to everyone else like you're letting people into that thing that is probably like one of the most important things in life so I don't know. I mean, maybe if it's just a fling, I can understand right. if it's just a fling. Maybe you're trying to just get more followers because you have some sort of ulterior motive. But if it's someone that you truly care about yeah. and you see a future with for a long time, I don't understand why you would ever care about that because right. it doesn't matter what other people think of it. it. That does not change how you feel towards that person. What people are commenting on on your stupid photos that is not going to change whether you break up with them or or continue to stay with them so it's like why (laughs) yeah no it does it just doesn't make any sense it's like those type of people that I'm sure we can all think of someone that like they get like a really intimate really sweet like love letter or something from their boyfriend and then put it on Instagram I would never do that. Uh, like, yeah, so I can think of someone I know that's done like something that someone writes you like, yeah, that's so personal with their heart. Like oh, you're going to show even, that to even more. I mean, I wouldn't say that letters are more personal than text, but when people screenshot text and they're like, he knows just what to say or some shit, it's like, what the fuck? Like, why are you posting? <laughs> or, okay. I understand. Obviously regular photos of doing regular day to day stuff. Like that's fine. If you're, if you're, if you already post stuff like that and that makes sense, but sure. it's more the stuff that is intimate. Oh, he bought me flowers oh he he bought me this food but it's all pretty and oh he bought me this like Louis Vuitton bag that's the stuff where I'm like okay I don't want to see that I do not care right exactly like and I just feel like people that I can speak from experience like I can think of a relationship I've had that was very like social media based and I was but honestly, genuinely in that relationship, a lot of the time to broadcast it because I cared a lot about like what about dating that person because I wanted to be seen with a boyfriend and whatnot. But like when you're really in love with someone, you don't care what anyone else, you don't care that other people know that you're in love with them. You're just in love with them because you are, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's more intimate for you to keep that personal compared to sharing it because then it makes it less real the more that you share it. You know what I mean? Uh I, I, I totally agree, and I feel like it also moves things, like, it moves things along faster, and it, it makes me question people who, like, overly post with their boyfriend, really, like, mushy captions. It's like you're almost, not to judge, exploiting the relationship, mm-hmm. and I feel like for me, too, as someone who's dated multiple people, it's actually a really good indicator to me that I really, like, care about this person and love them over maybe an ex-boyfriend or something because maybe I'm not posting with my current boyfriend as much, yes, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. I have one more thing on that that kind of relates to the couples on social media. 
I don't know if you guys know like the trends with YouTube channels and like these family channels, but I think that they are so destructive. They get paid so much money. When they don't know. So basically there's a lot of um, couples or families that start YouTube channels, but it's their family channel. But it's, it's all about like, we bought a new house. Oh, we upgraded our car. Here's our wedding video. The most perfect like, like van- vanilla yeah kind of yeah. exactly oh my gosh ella you know that cody co video yeah so yeah kind yeah, of like that stuff that funny, like, that. no They've longer a virgin it. hashtag marriage rocks if you haven't yes, seen that, that video that that's one. like the it's best video so ever yeah i just think okay if you're Did you guys not take, like they got married they <laughs> got married <laughs> no, I saw they that tweet. He said, "No longer a virgin," and then yeah. he did the hundred. Hashtag rocks. Yeah, I thought that was normal. Like, but we were young. We were so much younger when that happened. But like, oh if my only God. Twitter was a thing when I lost my virginity. Would you have? Whoa! Really don't hurt? date yourself. <laughs> oh God! What is this guy? <laughs> You're not a virgin, Rosa. Oh, the microphone is gone. Okay. <laughs> Guys, we've been at this for a while. Um, does anyone have any like concluding thoughts on all the stuff that we talked about today? I mean, we brought it around to virginity. I think it's time to wrap it yep. up. Yeah, <laughs> that might be the closing statement. I've definitely exposed myself more than I originally planned to. Yeah, so. def- definitely send this to your mom. Cheers. That's, that's Cheers. what happens when you well, actually, podcast. Thank you guys really so much for reaching out to us. It was really cool. Of course. I had a lot of fun. I mean, mostly it was me at my own bar telling Ella when I was drunk that I wanted to be featured because I think of myself <laughs> as really important and funny. And I was like, I'd be really funny on that. And then she was like, for sure. For sure. So really you should thank me no, for I being had, annoying. I, I had... <laughs> I had already thought of you guys before you even brought it up, so. You mean we have personalities that cater well to this? Uh, What? Yeah. (laughs) You guys are so bubbly. Oh, no, I know. I was being sarcastic. I'm definitely bubbly. (laughs) Thank you for the compliment. I mean, not that we're professional podcasters by any means, but I think. you guys know what you're doing. But, like, if you look at certain people, you can totally tell, oh, they have, like, the personality for that or they don't. Or they could be good at this or they won't. And it's all about, okay, it's not just responding to the questions or, or responding to whatever um, topic we bring up, but it's also like continuing that. So right. it's like creating a space where we can all just kind of – we're talking and we're conversing, but also kind of like in our own worlds, like com- completing our thoughts at the same time. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so, it was really fun. It was so much fun. Good. I'm so glad. Ella, yeah. um, 